This is The Guardian. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates, coming to you from Gadigal Land, and this is The Full Story. The political fight over renters' rights is heating up. Labor says the answer to the rental crisis is their $10 billion Housing Australia Future Fund. But the Greens say that this bill... Does nothing. You can go on and try and spin it as much as you want. It does nothing for renters. They're refusing to support it and are calling for better renters' rights and a national rent freeze. So... Could the Albanese government introduce a rent freeze? And will renters' rights decide the fate of Labor's signature housing bill? Today, the rent freeze deadlock. It's Wednesday, the 21st of June. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Julia Liddell. I am 23 years old and I am a uni student at Swinburne studying video game production and I also work casually in retail as well. Can you tell me what was happening for you early this year in terms of your rent and your living situation? I was just living with my partner. The apartment itself was like the carpets were damaged. There was no aircon the appliances didn't work our dishwasher didn't work you know the there was mold growing in the bathrooms and stuff like that and that was when we moved in and it was just like this was our only option at the time what was your reaction then considering the state of the apartment when you got that email saying hey we're going to increase your rent we were shocked because we thought okay yep they're probably going to increase our rent anyway But the fact that it was going to be $300 a month more, we were just like, why would anyone choose to live in this apartment for this much money? Was paying $300 extra a month even an option? No, absolutely not. Because we knew that we wouldn't be able to buy food. We wouldn't be able to pay our bills even. We were struggling to just be able to sometimes have like even somewhat nutritious meals on the table. So you decided to look for a different place. Mm -hmm. It was honestly very scary because I was just like, okay, maybe it's not that bad. And then I went out to an inspection and there was someone like somewhere between like 50 people just looking for one apartment. Were you rejected for many places? I think mm, 
I want to say like 20 to 30 properties. Wow. And it was really heartbreaking every single time that we got a rejection because we were like, it's getting closer and closer to the date that we have to move out because we can't afford this place. And yeah, we were just honestly terrified. So, Paul, Australian capital cities have once again recorded their strongest ever annual rent increases. Rent is just exploding across the country outside of the capital cities as well. And we know that vacancies are really low, that people are struggling to find new rentals when they can't afford the old one. This is a big topic of debate in Canberra. Tell me about that. Well, absolutely. It's been one of the biggest components of inflation. Paul Karp is Chief Political Correspondent at Guardian Australia. So it's a real stress and strain. And you're seeing it at the same time as interest rates are going up, whacking mortgage holders. And then you've also got rents going up because of very low supply of rental properties and, you know, landlords passing on interest rate rises to the tenants because they can. The Greens are campaigning hard on what they think is an immediate solution to the rental crisis, rent caps and rent freezes. Can you explain what these ideas are and how they might work? Yeah, so the, the Greens have said, well, if we were able to do this on an emergency basis during the pandemic, why can't we do this on an emergency basis because tenants are hurting? My colleague Kate Kelly has looked at rent control policies around the world. It is something that happens elsewhere. In Germany, rent for a property can't be more than 10% higher than the local market rate. Other countries such as Ireland, Scotland and Spain cap rent increases in certain locations with tight markets. And in Canada, most provinces have an annual percentage that rent can be increased per year. And what do we have in Australia? Well, in Australia, uh, some jurisdictions limit the frequency of rent rises. And in one jurisdiction, the ACT, we have a limit on the size of that increase. So here, uh, landlords can't increase rent by more than 10% above CPI without having some special excuse or justification for that. So to give an example, if your rent in the ACT is $400 a week and inflation is 5%, 5% of 400 is $20 a week and an extra 10% on that is $2. So you could have your rent increased from 400 to $422 a week, but no further. So that's a rent cap. It's the amount that rent can increase each year. But what about a rent freeze? That's a a separate idea. What would that entail? Yeah. So the Greens want a freeze for two years. So no increase at all for two years and then limits thereafter. So some form of restriction on the amount after two years. And that was outlined by Greens housing spokesperson, Max Chandler-Mather on Insiders. Really, the bottom line here is that there are one third of the country rents, one third of the country rents. It is not sustainable to have a housing system where at the end of every lease, a person's rent can go up by as much as the landlord or real estate agent wants. This is destroying people's lives and it's having a broader impact on the economy. Paul, this rent freeze isn't just a suggestion. The government is currently trying to pass their $10 billion housing bill through the Senate and they need the green support to do this. And the Greens are demanding a rent freeze as a condition of their support. Tell me about Albanese's response to the idea of a rent freeze. Well, at first, they just dismissed it out of hand. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese said it was pixie dust in question time. One of the things that I won't do is promise 
absolute pixie dust, because that's what that is. That's what that is. They were really referring to the fact that the laws regulating residential leases are all in the state and territories control. Constitutionally, that's not the federal government's job. So they said that they couldn't come in and override those. Is that valid? The Greens' proposal is not that the federal government writes a law that imposes it. It's that it incentivizes the states and territories to do that. So they're proposing setting up a fund at various times. They've said 1.6. At the moment, it's $1 billion. And then they're going to offer states money from that if they uh, go and enact that rent freeze. So they're saying that the federal government can coordinate that by giving money to the states. What else have Labor had to say about this rent freeze demand? The other big complaint that they have about it is the impact that it would have on the supply of rental properties. So if the landlord can't charge uh, as much as they want for rent, that's going to reduce their return and there's less incentive uh, to be a landlord. And that's also the reason that New South Wales Premier uh, Chris Minns has given when he ruled it out. He said, I'm ruling it out. We believe that would have an impact on supply and we need to get supply going. Uh, The vast majority of the rental market and new supply in New South Wales has got to be provided by the private sector. So their argument is that if you're, you know, a landlord or a company and you're thinking of buying a new home and making it available for rent, you're not going to do that if you think that you're not going to make as much money, potentially. Is that legitimate? According to experts and studies, that freezing rents reduces the overall supply of housing. Well, Green's housing spokesperson, Max Chandler-Mather, claims that this has been done elsewhere in the world and has not impacted supply. But Labor points to studies on, you know, his own website that said that while it might help prevent displacing incumbent renters in the short term, it is going to mean in the you know medium to long term that there is less supply of rental properties. One study had it at as much as a 15% decrease in the rental stock. So that's the supply argument. I mean, from the Greens' perspective, their view of the world is that the government should step into that gap. The government should be building more social housing. The government should actually own the properties that it then, you know, leases out to people. So they see if there is any gap that opens up from less private supply that the government can help fill that. Right. Don't have to worry about those incentives for private landlords if the government just builds houses for people is essentially the idea of the Greens. Yes. And he points to the government is building less social housing than it has in, in past to say that that's just, that's just the role for government to fill that. So, Julia, your rental situation has changed for the better and it's due to a new Australia First scheme brought in by the Victorian government that allows people on low incomes who aren't eligible for social housing to rent affordable properties from the state. Can you tell me about that? Our rental situation has gotten so much better. We'd been seeing all these old and run-down apartments and we thought that's all we can afford and that's all we deserve. And to see that there was an apartment for like 200 a month less than what we were paying now and then we got a call saying, hi, do you want to inspect the property? And I literally burst into tears and I went back to that old apartment that day and I just went to Quinn. We've got it. We've got a new place. Like, and it's amazing. 
it's just been a relief, mm. like an absolute relief. And I hope that people can experience this because I don't want to be one of the lucky ones. I want to be a part of something that's normal and be a part of something that's should be accessible to so many more people. Next, Labor's Housing Australia Future Fund faces an uncertain future. Hey, Laura Murphy-Oates here with a quick note about The Guardian. As you're probably aware, Guardian Australia's journalism is editorially independent, meaning we set our own agenda. We don't have a billionaire owner, nor do we answer to shareholders, so we're free from commercial bias. And this independence matters because it means we're able to challenge the powerful and hold them to account. Unlike many news organisations, we have not put up a paywall. We chose a model that means our reporting is open to everyone and funded by our readers who can afford to pay. Every contribution, whether big or small, counts. If you're able to contribute and have a minute, head to theguardian.com forward slash support full story. We've also linked to this on the full story page. Thanks. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy to assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Paul, in lieu of blanket rent freezes, some states like Victoria are getting creative. As we heard from Julia, they've launched the Affordable Housing Rental Scheme, where middle to low-income families can rent affordable homes from the state government. But what is the federal government doing right now to change rental affordability? In the budget, the government raised the maximum rate of Commonwealth rent assistance by 15%, which is the biggest in 30 years. They estimate that will benefit 1.1 million households on government payments. But, you know, the Greens have said that's too little. It's, you know, a few dollars a day for those people. There's also another scheme, the National Rental Affordability Scheme. This year, 32,000 renters who benefited from that scheme are at risk as the 10-year life of the program expires. Part of the Greens' ask is something you could do in the interim is to roll over that program. But everyone knows it's about supply. So the government is pointing not just to the Housing Australia Future Fund bill, but other things, the National Housing Infrastructure Facility, the National Housing Accord, which has $350 million for 10,000 new affordable rental homes. So, Paul, as we've discussed, the federal government's solution to this housing shortfall is primarily the $10 billion Housing Australia Future Fund. How far will this go to addressing the issue of supply? Well, the $10 billion Housing Australia Future Fund is intended to pay out 
at least $500 million a year to help build 30,000 social and affordable homes in its first five years. We've done analysis and independent housing bodies have done analysis that suggests that that is a drop in the ocean. And we know Australia is facing a potential shortfall of more than 100,000 homes in the next five years. This fund has won support from state and territory housing ministers, the Jackie Lambie Network and Senator David Pocock. But the Greens are holding firm. Other than rent freezes, what are they demanding in return for their support for this bill? They have issues in terms of the amount of money the fund will spend on housing each year and the model on the way that it's paid out. Mm, Explain that. Well, the way the fund was set up was that it was $10 billion to then invest, to generate earnings, and up to $500 million would be paid out a year to build social and affordable homes. Mm. Now, the government said this is safe as houses because future funds have generated very generous returns, you know, in the order of 9% over a long period of time, and that's going to be more than enough for that $500 million, so don't you worry about it. The Greens pointed back to, you know, one particularly bad year to say, look, it lost money in this year, and because it lost money, it might mean in, in the first year that it doesn't pay out anything at all, and that's a really big problem and it's akin to gambling. So eventually what the government has done to overcome that objection is to say, well, we'll guarantee that it will be $500 million paid out every year. And there's also a power to increase that amount. And at a certain point in 2029, it will go up automatically with inflation. Right. So, Paul, the Greens were worried it was essentially gambling and that there was no guaranteed money that the fund would pay out in housing each year. The government came back and said, okay, we'll definitely spend $500 million each year on housing from this fund. And then over the weekend, they made one more big concession. Can you tell me about that? Over the weekend, the government announced they would give $2 billion to the state and territory governments within weeks for a social housing accelerator fund, which Prime Minister Anthony Albanese said was real money right now. Tell me about this fund and and what you thought when you saw it. Well, I thought this was this was big. This is what the Greens have been asking for. They wanted direct funding, not just this investment model, and they wanted it immediately. And this ticked both those boxes. But the interesting thing was that it was something that the Prime Minister announced at the Victorian Labor Conference. It wasn't something that had been a negotiated outcome where the Greens had told the government that this would be sufficient to win their support for the bill. So it did throw down a bit of a challenge to them. But it was still very unclear whether this would be enough for the Greens to back the Housing Australia Future Fund bill. Right, because this is a one-off $2 billion payment to solve housing right now. It's not the guaranteed $2.5 billion each year that the Greens would like from the Housing Australia Future Fund. What do the Greens say about it, Paul? Well, the Greens noted that it was an improvement, but it wasn't yet enough to answer all their demands because the second plank of their demands was to do something for renters. Now, on Sunday, a bunch of housing groups said, this is great, you've had a great win, but let's settle this now, let's let's pass the bill and end it here. And so people were caught a bit by surprise that then on Monday when the Greens party room met, it wasn't enough for them. They weren't bluffing on that and they distributed a motion that would delay the bill even being voted on until the 16th of October. So the Greens say that the government still needs to do more for renters. Will they? Well, in April, National Cabinet set up a process for housing ministers to consider renters' rights, which includes 
caps or an ACT style cap limiting the size and frequency of rent increases. So it's going to depend whether other states want to take up that idea. And this delay until October gives time for that to become clearer. Delaying this bill until October has prompted a furious response in Canberra, both from Labor and from crossbench senators like David Pocock. It's time to either vote for the um, legislation or vote against it and send them back to the the drawing board. At the moment, we're just sort of kicking this can down the road. The government is now suggesting they could abandon this bill altogether and just address the housing crisis via other means. This feels like a bit of a mess, especially seeing as the parliament has worked quite well up until this point to pass a bunch of reforms. What do you make of this deadlock? Well, it's it's interesting that two progressive parties who say they want the same thing, which is more social and affordable housing, could have such radically different positions on one bill. I've found it very disorienting following this messaging that the bill is vital and then suddenly not vital because there are other options. It really is because the Greens are trying to position themselves as the renters party and representing that as a different class interest that they say that the Labor government has neglected. So how the impasse is broken and whether there's any serious consideration given to rent caps is really going to depend on whether that campaign to energise renters bites and detracts from support for the Albanese government. That was Paul Karp, Chief Political Correspondent for Guardian Australia. He'll be covering the fate of the half bill closely over the coming weeks, which you can read all about at theguardian.com. This episode was produced by Daniel Simo and James Milsom, who also did the sound design and mixing. Theme music by Joe Koning. The executive producer of this episode is Hannah Parks. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates. Thanks for listening. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.